everyone, it's Adrian. This episode was recorded as a continuation of the last minisode where we talk about the opera. Since there's no proper intro at the beginning of this, that's what I'm here to do right now. This is After Adult. I'm Adrian, and my co-host is Rachel. Follow us on Instagram at After Adult, and please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcast. By the way, we're on Spotify now. And uh, yeah, now we're going to talk about anti-porn. <laughs> but anyway, so that, it, that's why it made me think of that, is because the, the, first, the first of the three anti-porn activism that we're going to talk about is religion is the religious side which i think which i think has like most religious protest has a lot to do with controlling of people specifically women's bodies and also has to do with you know the modesty movement yes um but i did i i thought of a question since Mm -hmm. recorded the the purity Purity it has nothing to do with purity. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, since we recorded the porn awards episode, which is that I know, like at Pride and stuff, there are tons of religious protesters. Um, so I was wondering if that happens at the porn awards. No. Okay. Not that I saw, but also it's like it's in Vegas. At the yeah. Hard Rock Hotel. That's what I was also wondering if because of the location or if it was because of the location, mostly. Because, I, I mean, who's going to go protest for religious reasons in Vegas? It just seems like a really long way to go to... Now, I will, like, when we really get into the meat of, of this section of it... The um, meat and potatoes. The meat and potatoes. Like, there's... Not that there isn't a religious presence at those types of events. It's just not in that way. It's not necessarily a direct what? protest. Um, at the Porn Awards, which is like AVN, that's like what people usually meet when they say Porn Awards is the big one. Um, no, just because of the circumstance, it's like in it's it's expensive. It's in Vegas. Like I don't know why someone would be that annoyed that they would go protest it i'm not saying it doesn't happen maybe it has but when i was there you know a couple years in a row i did not see anyone actively like protesting it okay i did see um not many people but i did see some like a a, you know a little scraggle of of people at other conventions um there's the exotica show that is in multiple cities and i went to the one in like chicago a couple years ago so, yeah, at the Exotica show, or, like, the smaller ones, there was one a briefly, um, oh, I don't even remember what it was called, but there was a really small show that was in L.A. that was hosted in L.A., and I saw some people there. But it's it's just, like, a couple, I mean, really what it comes across like is just a couple hardcore, like, religious, like, right-wing conservatives, Westboro Baptist Church types, just, mm. you know, it's not a lot. So, the thing that I find really interesting when it comes to anti-porn activism, mm-hmm. is that sort of similar to other things that um, it seems like we only hear about women, mm-hmm. the women who it's leave the porn industry, and we only hear about the women who leave because they are now like super religious pastors and they've become born again. And not that there is... I mean, 
you can leave, you can do whatever you want, but it's just, that's the only thing that I think I've ever seen. Like, it's never because, it doesn't seem to ever be because they're like, oh, well, I wanted to do more feminist porn and, you know, these people were keeping me down and it was all male produced. Most of the people who feel that way end up starting, it seems like they end up starting their own production companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like free, freelancing, that makes sense. Like freelancing. Just starting their own production. Starting their own production or working. I mean, everyone in porn is a freelancer technically. Yeah. Unless you are contracted with a country or a Unless you're um, contracted with a a country, (laughs) the Porn Olympics, which that that model is almost entirely gone at this point. Like it's there's not really been any big contract deals. And for anyone listening who's not like familiar off the top, which uh, was probably most people um, in our generation, but contract stars were like big in the '90s and the days of Jenna Jameson, like the mid to late 2000s. Um, but a contract was where one production company, so like Brazzers or Digital Playground, like a big money-making production company, would sign um, talent, male or female, for a period of years, and they would be on payroll. So you would have a salary every like, year. Like and you were basically a payroll system, employee. Like the studio system in Hollywood. Yeah. Basically. Cool. Yeah. Um, so that's not really a huge thing anymore. Like, I mean, there might be some people out there. I'm sure there still are who are under that system, but it's really, really, really uncommon. You so. mean the porn to, porn has moved into the gig economy? <laughs> it is. It's actually very, yeah. It's, I feel like, I feel like Uber started because they were like, hey, wait, porn. That's <laughs> kind of a joke, but. All right. So I, because you brought this up, I want to show you this website. Okay. Um, this is. Ooh. Antipornography.org. It's Gotta say, I really love stylish the website. <laughs> it's it's the texture. <laughs> this looks like an aged page torn out of a Bible, is what this texture looks like to me. It looks like. And I feel like, like that's what they were going for. It looks like. It says non religious, non partisan, anti censorship anti-violence, pro-education, pro-free speech. I'm going to stop reading because I don't want to give these, like, sure, go to look at the website because I think it's kind of funny, but, like, no, why give them I know. more traffic? I think it's than... important to, it's, it's pro-education, pro-free speech, pro-safe, healthy, equality-based sex, love, and relationships. relationships. I think that's important to bring it because if I read that and I didn't know anything else, mm-hmm. I would be like, yeah, I'm pro equality-based consensual relationships. Like, I'm pro-education. The thing that I just want to say that, like, it made me laugh kind of when I scrolled to the bottom of the website, and it's like, they have a disclaimer at the bottom that they're an Amazon affiliate. That's so weird. Because, well, because they recommend books, and it's like, read this book. And then you, like, so this whole thing could just be a front to make dollars off of affiliate money from Amazon Amazon affiliate in our year in the year of our I am but I never use it no okay but uh, just to go back to the the website actually the texture reminds me of like an olive garden oh my god it is (laughs) I have an olive garden um plate like a little side plate that I exclusively use to put olive oil in and dip bread into because I feel like that's what it was made for because it's a fucking olive garden plate and this texture Looks like that plate. Wow. (laughs) 
So I just wanted to point your attention over here to the sidebar where they have ex-porn star so-and-so and so-and-so. They just have this sidebar. It's like all these ex-porn stars who then, I guess, they interview and, like, speak out. And one of them is, um... <laughs> Look, I knew it was coming. I just didn't want to burp in the middle of you talking about Jessica Mendez at anti-porn advocate, volunteer for antipornography.org, author, formerly known as porn performer Jesse Rogers. I that's the whole Yes, thing. that's a long that's title. The whole title of this section. <laughs> um so Jesse Rogers was in the industry when I was in it. I don't know her personally, but she started not long after I did, probably within a year. Um I she must have been eighteen. She's a lot younger than I am also. Um, but one thing that the first thing I thought when I saw her on here was like, Oh yeah, I'm not super surprised (laughs) that she's like, fuck porn. It's the worst. Um, she had the agent that I had my first year, the one that I Mm. had to like, it basically, there was this, like legal threats on both sides involved. I, basically, I had this agent who was like a terrible person and really bad and manipulative, and uh, he tried to uh, essentially blackmail me into letting into him representing me when I didn't want his representation anymore, which is not allowed. <laughs> I also have a question: like, since porn is moving, that has nothing to do with anti-porn. Mm-hmm. Since porn is moving more towards the gig economy, are agents really being phased? out because I you can't can be answer own. that okay. I'm too at this point I'm too far removed like I haven't been in it for four years so um, if you're listening and you're still on the porn I know some of you are um we know you're out there I mean I keep tabs on things to a degree but there's only so much you can keep tabs on without actually interacting with industry people on a regular basis um do you, do you think I'd be surprised I don't think that the agent I mean I'm sure, like, I am almost certain that agents would still be doing most of the booking for most of the mainstream talent that goes to, like, the big, you know, the reality kings and the big Do you think that's a the... good thing? Yeah. Um, I think the agents aren't necessary. Like, I, in the end, did just fine without one. Yeah. Um, but I also had other forms of help, you know? Like, my ex essentially was an employee of mine. Like I still, it would have been too much work for me to do on my own. How was your? Um, what was your? What were your benefits like? Did you? Did you have good health insurance? <laughs> did you no. Give your, did you give your ex good health insurance? No. Did you do a four hundred one k match? Yes, <laughs> I did because all of my money went into his four hundred one k. Ouch! <laughs> uh, sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, no, this is relevant because, um, because what was I saying? Uh, I was saying things. I was saying words. You said that you weren't surprised that Jessica Mendez, right? Okay, had so ended up as an anti-porn activist, I got a little off the rails. You had the same because you thought you had the same representation. If I were 18 years old and the man who was my agent initially was representing me and pulling the shit with me that I knew and saw him to like be pulling on other younger like a little more naive women i'm not surprised that anyone who used to that wait anyone who was represented by this agent at any point in time would leave the porn industry with a very bad taste in their mouth and i don't mean that as like a jizz pun 
But it could be. A <laughs> but it could be. <laughs> <Just one. laughs> or, or, or about ass eating. Yeah. Oh, we true. We don't discriminate. Yeah. I mean, I hope. See, here's the thing. Jizz cannon often does taste bad. I hope that I'm not eating in anyone's ass and it tastes bad because that means they need to clean their butt a little better. And you're welcome, Rachel's mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. I love you. Um, so I just thought that it was interesting that she was on there because I had no idea. Like, I don't frequent antipornography.org or keep tabs on which Why previously working porn stars now left the industry and are, like, totally against it. But in my... So uh, what is she's... Da-da-da... So <clears throat> their little blurb on her says she left one and a half years later after many abusive and harmful experiences, including suffering a severe injury and contracting herpes. She then spoke out and testified in favor of mandatory use of condoms in pornography with the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. And the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, I don't want to get like totally knee, knee deep into that, but Let's it's not kind of ahead of ourselves. We're still talking about oh yeah religious. Well, we don't even know if she's religious. Yeah, I well, I mean, but I, this website says it's, it's not religious, but I'm like, y'all lie. This is totally religious. Non-religious. Why do you think it's um, religious? Because here's how you can tell if an anti-porn activist effort is based in some sort of religious philosophy. Um, it's pretty easy. Do they seem to care about how porn affects men? And, and, I, and by men, I mean men who are in the industry, who work in the industry. Because, of course, they care about men who watch porn being addicted to it. Um, if they don't, then they're probably religious. So, and I can't Because really, that's the patriarchy at work. I can't really see this. How many of the um, ex-porn stars that are on this, the left-hand sidebar, are men? There's one who's a dude. Okay. Uh, Darren James, and he's he was in the After Porn Ends documentary, um, and he's I think that he is, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like he was kind of religious about his thing too, but he um, he contracted HIV from the porn industry, mm. so that's I mean that's it's that's the most understandable scenario to me where someone who was a performer would leave the industry and then be very vocal against it. Is I mean, like, she contracted. That's serious. I mean, Jessica yeah. Mendes contracted herpes. Um, do you know how many people have herpes statistically? No, but like, do you know how many college students have fucking herpes? No. I don't know either, but I know it's way more than people in the porn industry. Well, maybe it's equal. Uh huh. So I mean, also there's there's there there's two types of herpes than... and pretty much everyone has one of them. Oh. Yeah. Right? I, don't I know. I'm going to sound so idiotic and uneducated right now because I can't remember the this, it's like one and two and I think that one is the oral one where you get cold sores in your mouth and then two is like the genital herpes. And you could have one or like both, but it's Anyway, if if you're interested in learning more about herpes and like destigmatizing herpes, um, I'll put some resources in the show go notes. Go to webmd.com. Don't go to webmd. You'll convince yourself that you're fucking find, dying. Find out you actually have not herpes, no, but cancer. No, <laughs> no. I will I will link to some good sex positive sex educators on the internet 
who have lots to say about herpes and the stigma surrounding it and why we need to not act like it's a fucking life-ending occurrence to have herpes, because it's not. So I'm sorry that Miss Jessica Mendez contracted herpes in the porn industry, but cry me a fucking river, I would love to meet ten frat bros picked out of a hat who don't have herpes. Like, find me. Find me ten. I, I think that'll actually be possible. I don't... I who mean, don't have... Who, who, don't, who don't have herpes? Yeah, I think that's actually... I mean... <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, so... So, I... So... I didn't want... I don't want this... Because, I mean, the... Here's the reason that I don't want to focus too much on STDs in the arguments okay. of this. Because they're not valid like they they really are not valid like the the testing is so stringent in the adult industry We're jumping ahead we're not i know i'm jumping but all this ties in together okay. like so we'll i'll talk more about the testing and point and i and i want to talk more about really got it okay well then i'll pause i'll put i'll put a, a put a pin in that yeah put a pin in it pin in it pin is in it it's pinned so I, I have an assumption. Yes. You're making a That sentence. most anti-porn activists who come from a religious standpoint are Christian faith. They, most of them probably are. I most that I've encountered have been. I want to do a... We didn't come prepared. I think that it's more of just a... Is it fundamentalist? No matter what religion it is. But Christians seem to be the most obsessed with um, being very vocal and like. Did you ever have any run ins with. Yeah, I can tell you a story. Yeah, tell me a story while I'm looking up faith based anti porn activists. Um, Well, Fight the New Drug is one that I was going to bring up because they have a website that's real slick looking and it's very convincing. I feel like they might also build themselves as not religious, but I swear to God, all these people do, and, like, y'all are. Stop lying to me. Um, so, all right, so uh, there's... <laughs> so my favorite is, and everyone who's ever rubbed elbows in within the porn industry is very familiar with this organization, but it's uh, Jesus Loves Porn Stars... That's a thing that exists. The website is, is JesusLovesPornStars.com. Is it associated with the Church of Triple X? Yes. Or is it? They probably do have that URL, but no, you're right. It's the TripleXChurch.com. Yeah. So they show up at all like industry events. Like they would have a booth at the Exotica show that I went to. I'm pretty sure they also showed up at AVN. So um, is it... They hire a dude, like, an, they hire an actor uh-huh. to play Jesus. Like, he walks around, he looks like Jesus. He's wearing the robes, he's got the hair, he's got the beard, and so he wait, poses with an... the porn stars. Like, he'll... It's like a photo op. So is it actually anti-porn, or is it just trying to get <sighs> porn stars to come to Jesus, but still it's... have sex? Is it is it really just it's anti porn? Okay, it is very so. I get I give them the most credit because they're so subtle about it. So okay. they're very they're actually really nice. Like the 
Jesus loved porn stars people. I talked to one of them for like 15 minutes at one of the shows. They gave me lip gloss. I was like, cool, thanks, I guess. <laughs> That's um, what I associate with Jesus. Um, some but plump, juicy, shiny let me, lips. I just want to read this page to you real quick because yeah. I am certain that my mom Googled what do I do if my child is a porn star and found this website oh, and then read it because it's so it's like I'm a parent to someone in the sex industry and it has this thing. It says if you're a parent and you discover that your son or daughter is working in the sex industry and you're devastated, everything flashes through your mind, blah, 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 blah. And it has like a do and a don't list. What um, should I? Hey, I'm concerned about my child. I think that I saw them in a porno and so what should I do, Church of Triple X? Help okay. me. You should reassure them that you still love them and support them, and most importantly, that God does too. Okay. You should not get angry if they've been deceptive or kept this a secret from you. This is not the type of thing that any child usually wants to write home about. Okay. I mean, but I did write home about it. I've already broken all of these rules. I told my child. I was like, I was like, mom, I, I, I know told, that you think this is stupid, but I got nominated for an award. <laughs> I told my child, baby Jane Doe, that God didn't love her because she was doing porn. And, and I, and when she told me about it, I shunned her. Oh, my, that's wrong. No, no, no. My, my, You're also not supposed to assume the worst. Oh, I assumed the worst. You're also not supposed to try to talk them out of it. Oh, no. And you should not expose or embarrass them. I've already staged several interventions with our closest friends and families. (laughs) For my hypothetical child who's Um, in the porn industry. (laughs) What is this? There's this other... It says, cover them in... Do. This is a do. Do cover them in love. I can't believe you haven't laughed once at the fact that I keep bringing up my child, <laughs> baby Jane. Because I, I know you Because <laughs> I know you. <laughs> my hypothetical child. Please name your child, Jane, baby Jane Doe. Is it her first name, Baby Though? Uh, yeah, I. I just thought if she's gonna be in porn, just. Give her a name that's good for it right off the bat. And then they recommend all these books. See, these are the books where they're getting their Amazon affiliate money. I wonder if The any Power of, those... of Praying for Your Adult Children. I wonder if any of those books are written by parents who have... Who their sons are in the porn industry. Uh, maybe. Um, prayers for Prodigals. Do you do you think that my mom referred to me as a prodigal child once, and I was like, "Please don't!" I didn't like. I she didn't referred die. To you, she <laughs> referred to you as a prodigal son, as a prodigal daughter, and as soon as as soon as she said that, you were like, "Gotta go, going back to porn now." <laughs> I was like, "And bye bye," and then and I turned on my heel and marched right away. <laughs> turned on my six inch lucite heel. <laughs> oh my god. And went to go do some giantess custom videos. <laughs> uh, which, that actually is, like, the opposite of what happened. I just was like, okay, you can stop saying stuff like that. Like, it's just, please stop. Um, 
<clears throat> I still struggle with the fact that my family, or I shouldn't say my whole family because not everyone's like that, but specifically like my parents still assume that the reason I left the industry is because I had some like moral awakening. Hmm. Um, and I'll never be able to, we'll just never see eye to eye on that. So it's eh, whatever. But um, so that's, yeah, the triple X church. And they're interesting because they're not, so they're actually, it makes more sense to classify them as anti-sex work. Okay. Than anti-porn. Because there's not a lot on their website about, hey, stop watching porn. Which is, because that's the other which is the other religious thing. There's, um, it's right. like a hashtag or something. I, I tried to see if That's there were the any... fight the new drug, maybe. They have their own hashtags that they advertise, but they yeah. are like... Um, I think their main one is eliminate porn, the demand is for it. porn kills love. Yeah, that's And it, it was started by... Or one of the main advocates is a woman named Chiara Marie who said she saw her first video when she was 10. And by the time she was an adult, she was watching porn constantly in secret, often in lieu of interacting with her partners. The only reason I found this article was because I wanted to see if there were any non-Christian affiliated um, anti-porn mm-hmm. activist things and maybe i just didn't phrase my google search correctly because i just did it five minutes ago but um but if you know of any non-christian religious based and you want to drop some knowledge you know what to do yeah yeah um so i don't I looked at their website in depth, but I have a terrible memory and I don't remember exactly. So Fight the New Drug, which is the name of this campaign that is like the porn kills love people. I think that's so interesting. They're really concerned with porn addiction. But I also think that's interesting because there's an intersection there because I think that's what the, if we're talking about anti-porn is in a feminist lens, Mm -hmm. that's, I think we're comes from it's that it's not necessarily addiction but the idea that porn sets the wrong standards for young people as to what safe healthy consensual sex looks like that is a totally valid criticism so it's interesting that these two groups that sometimes don't coexist very well this is something that they could partially agree on at least, except for the fact that they're more concerned about the addiction part of it, which I suppose it could be addictive. I mean, so there's 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 research that shows all different kinds of conclusions. Like, I think that most research at this point would corroborate that it does stimulate receptors in your brain that mimic an addiction like reaction. Okay. Like the happy receptors that mm-hmm. tell you this is happy, happy, happy. Yeah. And I also think that like I, I'm not like I've read testimonials, like I've seen like look, when I was in the industry, like I had fans that would contact me regularly enough that I was like, okay, like you are watching a lot of porn like (laughs) and as a porn performer and someone that made my living from fans even i was like tone it down like 
you don't like explore other things in your life, you know, which is, yeah, they'll listen to me say that, sure. But it's, <laughs> so I, I, I don't necessarily want to argue whether porn addiction is a thing or not. Like, I think like any other, like, I don't, I don't know what to call it, like substance, whatever. Like, there are people that watch too much fucking TV. Like, how many of us obsessively check social media and can't go a day without doing that yeah there's the research that backs that up yeah like i i just i think it gets demonized so much more just because of the nature of what it is which it's women who are in theory taking control of their bodies and their sexualities i say in theory not because i think anyone is being forced into it Mm -hmm. i just think that Sometimes, and I say this not knowing, and like you feel free to correct me, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of women get into it and they're really, like you were saying, like very young and very mm-hmm. naive and possibly rebelling. Yeah, I mean, and, it happens. And it definitely happens. Yeah, the industry kind of is more than happy to take whatever they're willing to give and then some and then be done with them i saw that yeah Yeah, and i'm sure it's still happening like that's the way i see it that that is that's a problem that the industry can and should and still works on to be better at you could argue that it's not just a porn issue yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's an very, issue. It's yeah, an issue with a young labor market that's that people are like unpaid it's internships. It's a capitalist issue. <laughs> un, it's a capitalist issue. Like unpaid internships. Mm-hmm. You're expected to have all this knowledge and give it all for free. That's a very good point. Just I don't, so I've never actually looked at it from that perspective, but that more makes so much more sense. job experience. I didn't either. I came up with that on the fly, and that's what I'm here for. You're so smart, Angel. Those insightful, insightful (laughs) things. Yeah, so it's, I will say, like, it's... Wait, sorry, sorry. I have to say, I rolled my eyes at myself when I was saying them insightful, insightful things. My head is not that big. (laughs) You're fine. I didn't roll my eyes at you. I know. I rolled my eyes at myself. Oh. I went... My eyes rolled all the way back into my head. They did a they did a whole three sixty loop, <laughs> rolling backwards and coming back in position. And they made a really cool sound effect. When and they my old hero, they no went. No one else could hear it. They went. Oh my god! Um, I've been up since four thirty this morning, bro. How? Um, I got a Starbucks Ouch. gift card from my boss as a holiday gift, and I used it today at like nice. three o'clock. I had a red eye. Okay, because I knew I would be very tired by the time I got here. Do you want more caffeine? No, I normally don't drink caffeine after. After like twelve o'clock or one o'clock. What? 
Yeah. I drink all the caffeine at like 9 p.m. I try not to. I don't care. I had a side note about Rachel. Uh, When I was my freshman year of college, I went to art school. And in the middle of a drawing class, I fell asleep. And I and I started to notice that I was sleeping a lot, but huh. this was the first time I'd ever fallen asleep in the middle of a studio class. My professor came up and was like, I know we're just drawing a still life, but it's not that boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I told my parents this, when I came back for winter break, they scheduled, we, we were like, okay, went to the doctor. She was like, you should schedule a sleep study. So I did a sleep study, and it turned out that I had narcolepsy. What? Which, one of the main ways that you actually treat narcolepsy is that you do take a med. There is a medication that you can take. Mm -hmm. You take it in the morning. It helps you stay awake. But, like, one of the main ways to also combat it is to have regular sleeping habits Mm -hmm. so they really encourage you not to drink caffeine to like go to bed at the same time every night things like that turns out i actually had what's called hypersomnia which is like narcolepsy except it only presents in times of like extreme stress and then typically it will end up going away or i grew out of my narcolepsy which can also happen um and that's so, interesting. Yeah, but it's just a habit that I've kept up that I don't. I try not to drink caffeine. Well, then I will not make you drink any caffeine here at seven thirty at night. Seven thirty at night because I don't want to give you hypersomnia again. Well, I don't think you could give me hypersomnia from drinking caffeine because I would need to have an extreme stressor. What if I just buy you caffeine and like put it in a box that says like. Hypersomnia. Never mind. Okay. Be pretty dumb. Be pretty dumb. I won't do that. (laughs) All right. Do we need to keep talking about religion things? Um, I don't know. Do we? Is there any other religious thing? I just the the point that I think is like the main point is that religious arguments against porn are very much rooted in um. As everything religious is, especially if it's Christian. Is is patriarchal structure and discomfort with women's sexuality, which is why most of the religious arguments against porn are like, the women are treated awfully, everything is so violent, which, like, I won't disagree that there is porn out there that looks violent, but... These are people who are not performers, who have never been in the porn industry, or most of the time they haven't, who are making a blanket statement that all porn performers are mistreated. And uh, they even go so far as to say that they're trafficked, which is like... I think that that is actually just kind of incorrect. I have a Why do you think so many former porn stars find Jesus? But so many don't. I know. I mean, there's like three off the top of my head that I, like, that, it's not that, that common. Or that have. That have. Like, there's Shelly Lubin. Okay. Um, who, she does the pink uh, ministry, pink cross, I think. Yeah, sure. it's pink cross foundation or something. Um, 
there's uh, maybe we could say, I guess Jesse Rogers or Jesse Mendez seems sort of religious. The guy um, who started Triple X Church. Yeah. Well, was he a former porn person? Probably. Yeah, he was. I don't know. Look at me in my research. Um, oh, and then there's Brittany. Uh, fuck, she works at the Triple X Church. I don't remember her, uh, her. Her name was Jenna Presley, though, when she was a performer. And she's like a religious convert now. So I, well, I think that there is just like anyone who has been through trauma, you know, and like I know I've met people who deal with mental illness, who deal with addiction and substance abuse. Um, who become born again, you know, and experience, like, some sort of religious awakening. Sometimes it's because they start going to, like, a 12-step program, and most mm-hmm. of those are Christian-based. But I I can see why someone who feels that they were in a really traumatic situation would be attracted to this very different like you know a a christian like saying like we love you for who you are we accept you like just doing a 180 yeah it's addiction i get it what i don't get though is trying to turn around and demonize the entire industry and say even like i'm not going to question that like any of these performers who speak out like they probably did have genuinely awful experiences and that's terrible Mm -hmm. and no one should ever have to deal with that yeah i mean you had awful experiences I had some. Right. Right? But I, I don't think that that's a reason to turn around and say this entire industry is bad and should be, like, shut down. So <laughs> that, I, that, that doesn't make sense to me. I have a question. Because um, you brought up addiction and 12-step programs. Yeah. Is addiction a prevalent problem in the porn industry? Not that I saw, but I was also a little bit of, like, a social recluse when I was in porn. Like, I didn't, um, and part of that was because I was in a relationship at the time, was, like, super uh, codependent and, like, manipulative, so I didn't really go anywhere without my ex. Um, And so when we did go somewhere, like, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm sure that there are people, like, well, for one thing, people, like, everyone's stoned. It's California, but that's not unique to the porn industry. Um, But, yeah, I'm sure that there are people, I know that I was at parties where people were, like, doing Molly and, like... Yeah, Some other cause, stuff. Because I, I associate, if I'm just doing like a brain association game, it's like porn, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Like, it's not that much, though. And, okay. and here's the thing that I think people do assume a lot. I mean, we are talking about a group with like a very, very young, like median age. So most people in porn are like under 30. You know, that you would at least encounter if you're going out to, like, a, par- a party or, like, a, the award shows and stuff. Um, or even just, like, walk onto a random porn set. So, I mean, these are really young people. But, again, I don't think it's much different than your average, like, college-age population. Most people I know in college experimented with drugs at some point, And then it's just kind of the same thing. Not me. The Clean porn as industry. a whistle. Hear that, Mom? Well, well, Clean good. as a whistle. <laughs> good for you, Rachel. Um, that being said, like, I've that ne- mom, I've never even had sex. I don't even know why I'm here. I've never watched porn. She's just, well, cause you're really curious ne- about it. I've never, no, I'm not. Mom, don't listen to her. Oh my God. 
treat me with love and respect and tell, that's me, what that, our Minnesota- and tell me that God still loves me, Wait, mom. That's what our Minnesota's going to be. It's going to be Rachel's dear mom. Like, in between every episode, you get a, a, an entire Minnesota where you just give your mom disclaimers. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm so down with that. I'll, I'll write okay. something up real quick after this, and Please. then we'll record it. That's perfect. <laughs> um, oh shit! Why is GarageBand yelling at me? Did something happen? <gasps> oh, okay, good. Uh, wait, is it stopped recording? I don't think so. Oh my no, god! No, yeah, it no, it stayed. It stayed. Oh. It didn't stop. It didn't stop. It's okay. That's just from our laughing so hard. Okay, GarageBand. <laughs> oh, god damn it! All right, um. So no, like, yeah, I'm sure that there's drug use in porn, like I encountered some, but I, it's hard to get people to like do shit on time and to be really reliable, even when they're like at the top of their game. Like, so Uh. really like, while I'm sure people enjoy some drug use here and there, and I did encounter it occasionally, it was never something that I noticed to be like problematic. Okay. And I I can think of less than 5 times ever that someone was obviously like on serious drugs on set in like 2 okay. and a half years. And so like granted means- weed not included cuz everyone is high all the time in California. We can just assume that everyone's high. But that feeds really <laughs> nicely into the next type of anti-port which is as you said the ethical yeah version. So what happens if you walk on set and you're not just stoned through legal California means? Mm-hmm. Like, like if you walk on set and you're wasted, like you've been binge drinking and you're fucked up, like what happens? So there's, I guess that there's an ideal situation of what happens and then there's... Yeah, give me, give me the ideal and then give me the actual... Okay, I don't. Well, I don't even know. Like, I would say I could guess what the actual is, but because yeah, I never did it, like, I, I don't know exactly. Um, the ideal would be that it would, granted that it's obvious that you're not sober at all, mm-hmm. that your producer, director, and other talent would take note of this and say, "Hey, looks like you're not in the right state for this work. Okay, let's cancel." And the entire shoot would just get canceled. And that is really what they're supposed to do based that, on the FSC, like the, our adult industry That's what I was going to ask if there were. Yeah. So there's Free Speech Coalition, which is uh, FSC. We brought it up last time because yeah. I, they, I never linked we had to that it, really article, um, but... that really awesome thing about fisting. And oh, yes. Yeah, the fisting thing. Fisting okay. and yeah, I forgot that I brought that up. sold in the UK. So... Yeah, FSC, and then there's, like, the Adult Performer Advocacy Committee, and there are ethics bylaws, essentially, like, guidelines that the industry has, that big production companies have agreed that they will abide by. And so not employing people who are, you know, unable to consent by way of not being sober, that is unethical. And so it shouldn't happen. And I'm not saying that it never does, um... But it, that would be the ideal response. It's just shoot gets canceled and it doesn't happen. So were these ethical bylaws drawn up because actors and, and people on set, they wanted 
these things sort of like a union the of industry sorts, imposed it, it on itself okay. yes it's all industry I was, people I was wondering deciding. if it was industry or if it was in reaction to the argument that some that argument that groups made that it can't be ethical and it can't I think it just grew out of porn actually having crazy days. Like, the you know, the crazy 70s porn days. Like, and... Okay. Yeah, I mean, there were, like, there. there's definitely a problematic history um, in porn production. And I think it's just the ethics and everything have just grown over years of people realizing, like, this doesn't work. Yeah. And also, especially in the, day, in, in the internet age, um, and just kind of... Just that I think that porn had, you know, there there were definitely crazier days, and it's kind of trial and error, and you, <laughs> you realize like how you can have a professional industry that functions <laughs> with, you know, trying to keep people as safe and healthy as you can. So, which is also how the testing system has. Yeah, evolved. I had the misconception. I knew that testing happened. Mm-hmm. I had the misconception. I got confused. Because I knew that this was something that people were pushing for a bill mm-hmm. um, for usage of condoms in the porn industry. And it was a bill, I think, specifically in California. Yeah, because I voted context, on it. <laughs> yeah, because the context that I heard it in was that if this passes, the porn industry will just move to another state. Yeah. That... A lot of it did and still is in Vegas now because of that bill. Yeah. It's because oh, okay. they're still under attack from. It's like um, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, which on one side is like they're doing HIV and AIDS outreach work that helps people. On the other hand, they've also been attacking the porn industry uh, by way of trying to create laws or sponsor the creation of laws that would require porn uh, productions to use condoms on set. What, There's a really good bit about this in the After Porn Ends 2 documentary that I kind of went over. Um, oh, okay. Because it comes up, and then they have, like, an actual doctor come on and present. Because one of the ex-porn performers, like, is talking about how they think everyone should wear condoms in porn, and then they have a doctor who comes on and says, like, well, actually, like, here it's different. So essentially the breakdown of it is it sounds really good and responsible to say people in porn should have to wear condoms on camera. And... I agree that the communication of, like, safe sex as a practice would be a good... It's a good idea. Like, obviously, it's a good idea if you're a person not in porn, honestly, Mm -hmm. to use condoms. Like, you want to make sure you're protecting yourself. But people in the porn industry are not having sex the same way that regular civilians do. And what I mean by that is it's very intense sex that is often very physically rough. And I don't mean, like, BDSM rough. I mean, like... Like you're in position. Literally just as a woman just being penetrated, or, like, just a person with a vagina, just being penetrated for, like, an hour straight by a large... That sounds like my worst nightmare. If I had ever had sex, I mean. <laughs> um, your tissues are sensitive. Friction is a thing. Mm-hmm. Condoms do add friction. Use all the lube in the world that you would like to. 
there's really a limit to how much your body can take. And so what most porn performers and definitely what I experienced the times when I did shoot scenes with condoms is that it actually, and this is what the, what doctors who fully research the issue and understand the circumstances of porn work say, which is that it increases the micro tears in your tissue. Mm. It's especially bad with booty stuff because tears in your butt during sex are like a direct line to STD contraction. So yeah. so here's the thing. You could use a condom in porn and do like a butt scene, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily fully protect you because you're actually getting more tears in the butt. And then like, anyway, there's just like fluids I need you, I in need places. You to stop saying tears in the butt because every time <laughs> you do, I just, I just, I, my, I just, clench it. I'm just like, ah, tears. <laughs> we got tears in the blood. Tears in the blood. Oh my god. So, is it just, isn't, I'm just gonna what? query the audience. Mm-hmm. Isn't it the worst phrase you've ever heard? Like, people are all up in their shit about like, ugh, moist. Ugh, I hate that word. But I think <laughs> tears in the butt is by far the worst tears thing in the butt. I've ever heard. Tears in the butt. Mm. Tears in the butt. I gotta pee. Tears in the I butt. I gotta go. I tears gotta go. Tears in the butt. Oh, yeah. Tears in the butt. Ha, ha, tears in the butt. Ha, ha, tears in the butt. <laughs> the issue of condoms or whether porn performers should wear condoms is really an issue of, like, a people who don't work in that industry trying to impose their will on people mm-hmm. who do work in that industry. And there's just a massive lack of understanding of the realities of working in porn, which is why I, I mean, there are very few people who are like, uh, I mean, household, like, are there porn household names? There are some. Jenna Jameson. Sure. Right. Like there's, and she's not the best example, actually. She's like the only um, person I could think of. Linda Lovelace. Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy, sure. Ron Jeremy's like, no, I don't want to wear a condom. Like He was, I I don't know. I, mean, I talked was, about Ron Jeremy. He's sort of creepy. Um, he was featured on the X church. He was in a... He was. They took a photo church. of him at a convention. Oh, okay. So he's not like a member of the They're church smart. No, he's. I guarantee you he's not. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> But, um, so I have no real feelings about that either way, honestly. Yeah, it's just whatever. It's just whatever. It's just whatever. I still have Ron Jeremy's phone number saved on my phone. God, we should give him a call sometime. <laughs> I just don't delete it because it makes me laugh every time I'm like, there's Ron Jeremy. Do you think that's his real number still? It might be. I don't, I have no idea. I don't know. I've wow. changed my number like twice since then. So who fucking knows? I'm not going to try to tech. I'm not going to try. Like... I don't need Dear it. Dear Ron, I am I started a podcast called After Adult. We were wondering. He would come on my podcast if I asked him. He wouldn't remember who I am, but he would come on my podcast because he likes attention. Who doesn't? The- exactly. That's the point. Um, okay, Georgia Banks fucking- certainly does. <laughs> like, I can tell you that I maybe shot a handful of scenes ever where they were used, and it made my experience very miserable, and it injured me physically because it's just too much. Um, so it's just such a good example of saying we need to make people in porn wear condoms to prevent the transmission of HIV and AIDS. 
it makes no sense because if you actually look up the statistics on how many positive HIV results there have been in the adult industry, it's super low, especially considering the unnamed area in which you and I reside, Rachel, we have some of the highest HIV rates in the fucking country. Oh, yeah, because of um, opioid addiction Mm -hmm. and heroin usage. Yeah, which is... Ironically, also how many of the positive results, at least in the era where I was in the industry, came back, it was actually tied to that performer having used an intravenous drug, not because of performing with a partner. So the rate of HIV contraction in porn work is super fucking low. And also the second that an HIV test comes back, I should mention that uh, in Los Angeles, um, like in the California porn industry... They have the most sensitive antibody detection. So they find, H- like, the tests that they're using are, like, the most cutting edge and the most expensive, and they find HIV the quickest. So, I mean, the detection rate is insane. And then the second they detect, they shut down the entire industry, and they have a written fucking record of everyone that that person has worked with. So they're able to isolate it really quickly and stop it from spreading further. And it's awful if and when it ever does happen. But the fact that it happens as rarely as it has over the last like 15 years is actually kind of amazing when you consider how much sex all these people are having with each other. So as far as like tracking it, mm-hmm. that that's only for studio productions, right? Yes. It's so, not like, like, it's not like, I mean, so if you're a performer, like, yeah, you're getting your, te- you can't work unless you have an up-to-date test. So you're going to have an up-to-date test. However, that doesn't, I mean, you getting a test regularly doesn't guarantee that like, maybe I got tested yesterday and then I went and had unsafe sex with some random fucking person today mm-hmm. and I have a shoot three days from now. And I haven't retested yet. So obviously we can't be 100% like effective for every possible scenario, but still... I was thinking more like for amateur work. Oh, correct. See, I when this is going to come up, and it should come up, especially for people who are listening, who watch porn, which is most people at some point. I don't watch porn. Well, cool, Rachel. I'm... Glad you're on this podcast. You hear that, Mom? I don't watch porn. <laughs> um, but the the amateur porn is like I, I no one in the porn industry can talk can speak to that. I guess is what I mean. Do you think that's what people the websites that allow people to upload videos and host them like they could maybe be a, a responsible body? Isn't that what but Fosta and Sesta is about? In a way, of, it partially? is. In a way, it is. Yeah. Um, so if you go to the way that most people consume porn now is like, you know, what do you, you go to Pornhub.com or you go to like one of the websites that you or know is going to be free. Or Yeah, we can name them all off. There's a lot. <laughs> not that I go to any of these things because like I said, mom, I don't watch porn. Why would you do that? Because I, I don't know. Because I don't, I, I don't have said, I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about anything. Also, my mom, flowers are my crushed. mom needs to know that I don't either. <laughs> Adrian doesn't watch porn. She's never done. I have porn. no idea. She's never had sex. It was just 
an illusion. It, it was, was all my CGI. doppelganger. <laughs> it was a deep fake. <laughs> I was deep faked. I can't. Who got that photo? That really good. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so if you like, okay. So I was. I started doing this illustration thing that I'm putting on the Instagram where I, like, look at stupid fucking comments that people leave on my own porn videos. Yeah. Because I think it's, like, a really funny, like, weird meta thing. Anyway, that's not what I'm specifically talking about. But that is to say, recently, I spent a lot of time on Pornhub over the past week because I was just going and, like, like, scrolling through comments. And yes... When you go to any porn website, you are immediately confronted with, like, a hundred different videos that are, like, amateur, blah, blah, blah. And it's clearly actually amateur and it's not professionally produced. Yeah. That's not what I... Anytime... I just need to make, like, a blanket disclaimer that anytime I'm talking about the porn industry, I'm talking about people who do this professionally, who are paid to do it professionally, and you know the difference when you see it. Yeah, who abide by the standards and practices right. that are set except right and there's a lot about amateur porn that's really exploitative it just yeah. it depends it, it's hard to categorize because there's amateur porn where it's a couple that only has sex with each other and they upload their own videos yeah then there's amateur porn where it's like made in eastern europe and they're paying like some barely legal aged girl like five dollars <laughs> you know to do whatever and i think Um, that's what there there's another there's a queer i know there's a queer website that's all about i forget the name of it it's you do have to subscribe it's it's weird it's like not really amateur but it's amateur i think you have to create a website i don't really remember because again i don't watch porn so i don't even know which one are you talking about it's queer there's only like a no there's not a ton of queer porn sites yeah except it does I don't, I don't remember. Was it the one I talked about in the last episode? Maybe. Because I mentioned Crash Pad series and no. Pink Label, which it is like be, pink, could and, be. pink White Productions. Could you, could you pull up the website? Sure. That's so, my backpack. This is Crash Pad series. It's not that. Okay. Pinklabel.tv is the Netflix of queer porn. I think porn. this is particular, I think this is no it's not that i think this is like some weird amateur australian site oh abby winter yeah i think so where the fuck is it oh abby winters (laughs) i said it wrong but it's more like women i mean it's queer in a sense but it's they're very like binary Okay. It's like, no, it's like what lesbian it, women. But like, what I'm saying is that it's... Um, but it is Australian. But it's... Which tipped me off. To that. Okay, yeah. But it, it it focuses on the idea that it's amateur sex. Yes. But, so do you think, because we were talking about... Like, well, if you the... want So, like, for example, okay. Abby Winters, uh-huh. this is a very well-known amateur porn site mm-hmm. based out of Australia... The guy who runs this site, it's, 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 um, damn, I can't remember his name, but he's a very, like, well-read, like, good, per- I don't know him personally, so I probably shouldn't, like, testify like that, but, I mean, he seems like a good person. Um, 
and and they they abide by all of the other like yes they shoot amateur models but like their practices their business practices are very much like above board and like okay. on par with all of the other ethics the shit that concerns me is um where and this happens a lot from what i see in videos posted online where amateur porn is really just like a way to cheaply make a crazy profit and pay your performers nothing well i think and i think that's what people think you were saying like paying some eastern european girl like five dollars i think that's what people think of and that's why um sesta and fosta were written sesta yeah let's go over what they are because we haven't said that yet stop enabling sex traffickers act which sounds great i mean i'd be on board with that shit if someone would just like want to vote for this i would and fosta is fighting online sex trafficking act they were a joint package that became law in april 11th of 2018 um so it made it. Um, it's nationwide. By the way, I'm I'm reading it from Wikipedia. So okay, yeah. But it's they clarify the country's sex trafficking law to make it illegal to knowingly assist, facilitate, or support sex trafficking, mm-hmm. and amend the Section 230, 230 safe harbors of the Communications Decency Act, which um, I mean. We don't get that into, like, the weeds about it, but let me just read... Um, I mean, I think that's basically... It's porn, you know, when you see it. But um, but to exclude enforcement of federal or state's tra- sex trafficking laws from its immunity. That's a really, like, legalese-sounding translation of what it is, but here's here's what, well, and I have a I'm summary. I'm reading it directly from Wikipedia. I know. So, of course, it's very legally-sounding, because Wikipedia is the best place to get all of your information. <laughs> so here's in, um, in this is from Free Speech Coalition, and this is in, like, layman's terms for people who are involved in sex work, mm-hmm. be it adult work, escort work, or stripping, like, are, exotic dancing. Or people who are just not lawyers. Or even fucking, no, seriously, cam girls, like, like doing, like, webcam work. Oh, no, but I um, think this will also be a helpful definition for people who are non-sex workers, but correct. also are not lawyers. Right. So, um, <clears throat> so here's the, well, this isn't a definition of what FOSTA SESTA or SESTA FOSTA is, but this is, um, this explains in layman's terms the effects that it has on sex workers. Sex workers are being forced out into the streets to find clients. They're losing online advertisements, bad date lists. And if you don't know what a bad date list is, it's something that's used in the sex work industry for like escort work, um, where you have basically blacklists of clients who are abusive, uh, are rapists, um, just unsavory, uh, argue over pay, like all the kinds of things that one might do to manipulate a sex worker. I know it. I know what that is because I watch Law & Order SVU. Okay. I'm glad you know, but some people listening don't know. So that's what I'm a bad date list I, is. I, I, um, I mean, I assumed that it was probably a thing, but Law & Order SVU gets so much wrong about everything else. It does. 
That's true. So I'm glad it's, we clarified that, that. That's one of the things that I want to do is I know for sure there's an episode that forks. There are probably several that focus on the porn industry. And Let's I wanna, watch them together. And I want to watch it. We can do a debunk, like a takedown, like a three-hour YouTube takedown, like the guy with the Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't feel <laughs> uh, um, So, yeah, sex workers lose... The ability to advertise online, to use bad date lists online. A lot of FOSTA and SESTA's effects take place online. Um, so client screening uh, it's and then pimps are exploiting and abusing sex workers and bad clients are taking advantage of that situation. Um, so this bill is literally killing sex workers and nobody seems to care. So I have a question. Yes. This was, this bill was proposed by, I mean, I'm assuming, because I don't want to pretend like mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. these people's lives, was proposed by a congresswoman who basically, I mean, maybe she she probably didn't, and the people who wrote the bill probably didn't actually talk to Real sex workers, mm-hmm. real actors and actresses, real. What would have been the way to make sure that something? Because things like this are put online. Yeah, child so, porn is an issue. Um, this gets to the root of like a much, much larger issue, which is is, is the much much larger issue. Is it that who is actually responsible? Like. Like, is the, it go back the to much like larger a issue, issue is that sex work like Facebook? No, like, what? Like how? Are you trying to draw an answer out of me? No, I mean this <laughs> okay, is okay. just the like. So people say that Facebook should be Facebook, like all these social media websites with fake news. They uh-huh. should be. They should be responsible for trying to. Oh, clean that up. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it... Think, yeah, I, I didn't understand the question you were asking. Yeah. But it's essentially, it does make um, websites that host material mm-hmm. that could be construed as promoting sex trafficking or enabling it, they are held personally liable. Like, that company is held liable for that material. So the result of this, this is why it's saying that it puts sex workers in harm. So, like, a lot of sex workers will just have social media profiles or, like, post... Like, there's a great example that's an article on um, Vice that's a woman who's a sex educator who interviewed sex workers about their work on her YouTube channel, which is all about sex education, and her entire YouTube channel, like, her video got taken down. And it was because of FOSTA and SESTA. Like, YouTube is saying, this is too risky. We don't want anyone to think that you're trafficking people because you're interviewing sex workers who are doing it of their own free will. So this isn't allowed now. So it's actually just, what it's doing is just fucking devastating, like, the resources that are available online to sex workers and just information. So then what would have been... Because companies are afraid of being held liable. So what... I mean, I'm not saying that you'll have an answer. This is Mm -hmm. a very complicated issue. It is. (laughs) What, What would have been a way that the... that this could be fought? Is it... Is it something that the industry needs to regulate internally? I mean, sex work is not an industry. 
Is it is that the thing? Is that the answer? Is that you have to legalize sex work? That's what I was going to say. And also, the preferred term is decriminalize. Oh, which makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. So decriminalizing, and that's—I mean, honestly—that is, if you if you care about keeping people safe and not having like putting people directly in harm's way, and And also about saving some people's lives. And then decriminalizing that, it is the best course of action. And if that's uh, not, if uh, making sure that people are safe and healthy and, um, you know, is, is not good enough for you, if people's lives, mostly um, women and non-binary. Have you heard about and, Centoya Brown? I have, but why don't we, why don't you? It just it makes down? me think of that, you know, when I think okay. about like. And, and trans women and just mm-hmm. people. Um, if it's not enough for you to just want to protect those people, then um, do it for the dollars. Right. We live in a capitalist society, and uh, that is money that someone is making that is not being taxed, <laughs> that could be put back into our schools. I mean, I think that's actually the argument that really helped with um, states who have legalized marijuana. Yeah, uh-huh. It's the that, tax money. It's the tax money. Smoke some weed, fund some schools. Yeah. So uh, <sighs> decriminalize sex work and get those dollar-dollar bills, y'all. I'd be interested to see how much money um, is sex work is uh, legal in Las Vegas, but not in all of Nevada. It's a weird. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a, a weird. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a weird loophole. It's like legal in like one county, and I don't actually know if it's Las Vegas. I think it's a county outside of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be interested to see how much revenue they actually make from that. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's. I, well, I guess I, I I can't really speak because I don't know how the like, the brothels and stuff work on like an, economically. Yeah. Um, I mean, so much porn is still shot in in Las Vegas, but again, porn is legal because it's considered under like freedom of speech. So, so they're all paying their taxes unless so not, why and then is, they get audited and. <laughs> so why is decriminalizing sex work? Why is that? part of the answer instead of something like Fosta and Sesta. Because it's the best way to protect people who, if, if you think that people are victimized by sex work and yes, some people are, some people are trafficked, but if you think that the best way of so, I mean, I don't know how to phrase that uh, I think I understand better, what but, you're saying. Do you want me to try? Yeah, yeah, please. Part of the reason why the porn industry is able to keep a lot of these diseases in check mm-hmm. a lot of, is because they have a system that's been set up to do so. Mm-hmm. So if part of the way that you can still operate, that you can still have license licenses and permits and all these things is that you... Everyone's in communication. Testing. Access to information. That you have, yeah, open and honest communication. Mm -hmm. It means that you're able to keep a lot of it above board when you're working in a commercial setting and not in an amateur setting. Mm -hmm. Which 
I think would still, I think you'd still probably have the issue that, you know, you don't want it. Like, if you register as, if you put yourself in a sex worker registry, <laughs> that would be created if sex work was decriminalized. Yeah. You run into. It also, it, it helps enable regulating itself. And I will yeah. say this from the perspective of like the testing system, because in the porn industry in LA, if you want to have regular work and be employed by the good companies, that is the ones that treat performers well and that you want to work for because it's a good experience, then you keep your shit up to date. You get tested regularly. You act professionally. You treat others well on set. You don't try to hire people and underpay them constantly. That's how you run a business that's profitable and successful. And if, hypothetically, the porn industry were destroyed by, like, some law that made it fucking illegal for them to, like, run testing clinics or things that are really integral to the success of the industry, what you would see is what basically FOSTA and SESTA is doing to sex workers who rely on online resources, which is the whole thing gets driven underground. You lose access to resources where you can, like, you know... I mean, control I think, what's happening to your body. <laughs> I think part of also what goes back to those good companies that you want to work for is that the craft services table is also pretty bomb. Uh, duh. <laughs> Except there's, well, there's not really craft services in porn. There's like snacks. There's, there are porn snacks. This is part of why it's so, this issue is so complicated, right? Because you can enforce those things. I mean, ha- Owning or distributing child porn pornography was already illegal before FOSTA mm-hmm. and SESTA. Just because you have these laws doesn't mean that it's still not going to happen. It also doesn't mean that you can control things that are outside of your legal jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. If someone is going to another country where it is legal to have sex with someone, if the legal age of consent is lower, mm-hmm. then... How does FOSTA and SESTA handle that? It doesn't. <laughs> right. So. So it's, it's, that's kind of why it's just a, a goo, it's a goofy fucking law. Like it's, it's, it really doesn't help many people at all in the end. Which is tragic because I really do think that a lot of these lawmakers thought that they were. They think that they're doing well. They were helping people. Most, it's also worth mentioning that most of, um, many many experts on like sex trafficking and human trafficking spoke out against it to say like this is gonna do more harm than anything because mm-hmm. even i mean even people who truly are being trafficked in like you know doing sex work one of the ways that they might actually find help is online <laughs> like so yeah. it's it's still removing resources for them like what are we gonna do just like it just it's just kind of nonsensical what it to me fosta sesta seems like this uh the idea that people are being trafficked and that sex work exists whether it's via someone being trafficked or because someone wants to do sex work and they choose it um it makes me uncomfortable and i don't want to see it so i want the internet to get rid of it Mm. <laughs> That's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah. It's not really going to save anyone from any extra harm. Wow, we got so serious. How do we um, how do we uh work into the next 
prong of anti I feel like our feminism has been a thread woven through all of this so far so that's fair it doesn't require as much like intense discussion as I was thinking it would in the end yeah because so I think as far as fem I think the interesting thing that feminist that feminist theory focused on because I don't necessarily think that there's anti-porn activism in the way that there is when it comes to religious anti-porn activism where Mm -hmm. it's like you know, signs and speeches, and yeah. I think, I think feminist anti-porn activism has a lot more to do with bodily autonomy and the way that viewers consume porn, especially mm-hmm. young viewers mm-hmm. who click that box that say "Yeah, I'm over 18" when you're like when they're young, mm-hmm. and it and it creates this misinformation about what sex is mm-hmm. about body image about consent um you know it's all of those things and what a healthy relationship is mm-hmm. which can i say something about that of course this is something that i talked about all the time when i was like in the industry and it still comes up because it's still super relevant and in a, in, in a way, it's sort of like a, a pipe dream because this isn't possible. It's not going to happen. But um, I always tell people who are concerned about, because um, it is such a common argument, like, well, porn is so violent. Like, women are being, like, choked and, like, thrown around. And, like, it just looks really awful and abusive. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If I go to a tube site and I see the GIF ads that are all along the sides, like the banners... I agree. It like it, it honestly it kind of makes me sick to my stomach sometimes. I'm like, what the fuck? Like uh but guess who gets to make those ads? It's like underpaid people like who are probably not enjoying their jobs very much. Um so there's definitely like a mismatch of what the industry cr- thinks it's creating. Like, all the people that I know who were, like, create these creative professionals who, are like, are concerned with putting, like, cinematic value into the movies that they're making and the, and the product that they're creating. Because the creation of porn, the process of creating it, is intended to turn a profit. Meaning, like, you're filming this movie thinking people are going to buy this. But how many people actually buy it? Very, very few. And so there there's a really... In my mind, there's a direct line from, like, the issue of who's seeing porn that shouldn't be seeing it. How is it affecting them? Like, is, are they interpreting this as, like, education? And the fact that it's so readily available and free. And I think the only way that to really combat that is to somehow find a way to make it so that there's not so much free porn on the internet. Like, I don't know what that fucking means. Uh, the porn industry has been struggling with that since like 2002. <laughs> is it like someone like Metallica, like it, like how Metallica sued like um, Napster, Gosh. like some like some giant industry giant has to sue like Pornhub? You, for I listened to a, a podcast episode. I don't remember what the podcast was, but I listened to one earlier this week because I was thinking about like us recording this and like stuff. Cool. that I wanted to talk about and I listened they interviewed this guy who's like probably mid 30s now but he 
downloaded so he was he had, he was like addicted to porn is how he put it and he had downloaded so much porn that he was um pursued by an adult film production company that uh told him that they he owed him them thirty thousand dollars Woof. Yeah, and he actually settled with them for $10,000. Wow. So this guy downloaded so much porn, like free, like illegally downloaded it, and they came after him, and he ended up paying this company $10,000 for the porn that he had not paid for. <laughs> wow. That was a kind of a funny story to me. Um, obviously yeah, not funny for him. Insane. I'm sure he's like, fuck this. But, I mean, like, it's... That's just a that's a larger issue anyway. The issue of like downloading like I I actually don't because of my experience in the adult industry like I don't download things for free, and I I I just don't like I know I still sometimes I'm like well that person has so much money like I don't care but I just can't like <laughs> hmm. like I've it does affect people at the end of the day. Um, I know that's an unpopular opinion, but. Um, and, and I'm not saying that that's just, like, the end-all, be-all of it. Like, the structure doesn't work. Mm. The, the delivery structure of porn, as it is, doesn't fucking work. Because the people who are making it, want they need and want to make a living doing it somehow. And the only way that they can is just, like, the YouTube model of, like, either voluntarily give it away for free and then hope that you make money from the advertising... Or, like, create a subscription site, like a Netflix-style streaming site, and then try to charge people a really low monthly rate, which even that is still hard to be successful because you can still find the same things for free. Like, it's... Right, and you also said that even when you were doing custom videos, mm-hmm. that it didn't matter, like, what you had people sign, whatever they paid. Mm-hmm. It I had people sign NDAs. To... get uploaded for free. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I had my, I've had over the years, um, when I was in porn and since I left it, I've had a couple handfuls of settlements, um, because of having my stuff illegally Hmm. stolen. Um, so uh, those are long gone now (laughs) because I, I don't, I don't care. Like I just completely. So what do you say to people who, I mean, part of like, yes pay for porn whatever mm-hmm. not whatever it's <laughs> a serious thing sorry well but how are you going to protect children from seeing porn when there's no real age verification process online that was what i was gonna before ask is- like the early 2000s the age verification process was you had to have a fucking credit card 12 mm-hmm. year olds don't have credit cards yeah i mean they didn't back then at least like I mean, or if they did, their mom sees what they're buying. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then you get like, and then you get the talking to. Get the talk of, what is this? So, it, like, that's the. It's so funny because people are so concerned with like protecting children from seeing porn, and it's like the fucking answer is obviously right here. But it is with everything else too. Like, even if kids couldn't get porn, they would go on YouTube, and then you still see shit there. So, yeah. I, I think what I'm saying is, um, what I'm saying, take is the that internet away from children. Nipples should be allowed on Instagram. Yeah, fuck, free the nipple. Free the nipple. Just but, stop making nipples bad. So, so is the answer to when you're looking at it from anti-porn feminist perspective 
Is the answer capitalism? <gasps> kind of, maybe. I like to hear, like, skirt. <laughs> that was a skirt. Um, like, just just the idea that you that you need to put in a card. But, I mean, I think the thing that concerns me mostly when it comes to porn is unhealthy body expectations. Oh, yeah. Well, because, that's definitely a huge one. Because, um, I mean, it's it. I also feel this way about the Hollywood. I was about to say, like, the straight edge version of all that. Like, uh. it's like, that's not right. But, you know, Hollywood, the straight edge the version straight of porn. Edge version. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, like, for anyone who is celebrity, for anyone who is an actor or a musician or image is part of the pitch, mm-hmm. it's part of their job. Like, you could write off your gym and personal trainer if, if that's... I mean, I, I assume. Maybe you could. I couldn't I think go you, that far. I think... No, no, no. I mean... I couldn't. I think, I think some... I think but I could write off Jose were on camera. Yeah. Like, you could... Like, you write that off some of those things. Like, your image is part of the job, right? So, if you're going to the gym mm-hmm. for four hours a day, that's not something a normal, a normal person can do. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, you are afforded that mm-hmm. because you have a job that doesn't have, like, normal set hours mm-hmm. that, you know, but that also feeds into this total image conscious society where it's, like, people think they can just, like, the present, like, the pregnancy bounce back. Or oh, the, God, yeah. Or yeah. just, you know, the idea, like... I mean, you kind of, like, so you do powerlifting stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, not 100%. I think there's a little bit of crossover between people who do powerlifting and some people who do, like, bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah. There's a love but, for it. Like. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. a love. But the people who do, like, bodybuilding competitions, I knew a woman who did it and she was like, yeah, I don't eat, I don't drink anything. For like 24 hours before. Yeah, they do water cuts and it's intense. And there's actually a lot of overlap with um, bodybuilding and physique competitors and porn stars. I believe that. Like there's a lot of... I'm not saying that like they're all doing the same thing simultaneously. But I knew a lot of women in porn who either had competed in physique or bodybuilding or like bikini. Or had interest or were currently working toward competing and like like training and, and doing programming for it. Um... But I, in a sense, it makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah. but I bring that up because anytime I actually think about it more for, um, for the image of men on themselves because mm-hmm. I think men just consume a lot more visual porn. Yeah. Um. Or and also like in, in Hollywood and in like the anytime a man is shirtless. For a scene, it's because they've been working out for like four hours a day it's they've, stupid they've how done, much they, yeah. they've done like a fast probably for at least 24 mm-hmm. hours just to cut except when you see it at actors it i think it's like you can separate that but when you see it in porn it's like oh those are 
I put real people in quotes. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not real people. They're actors. I mean, yeah, you know, they're real, but it's their job. Right. They're not just... They're having sex for entertainment yeah. purpose. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it just... It just feeds into a lot of really unhealthy expectations. And I... But my question yeah, sure. to that... Okay. Because that's a totally valid argument that I struggled with when I was in the industry, and I agree with most of the criticisms. But... And I say this because a lot of the old school, like, mm-hmm. second wave feminist arguments against porn were kind of housed yeah. in this thing. Which is, does that mean that porn is bad and shouldn't exist? No. I don't, and I don't even think that it's all porn's fault. It's not, like, you can't blame all of porn because there are people is who... Is porn maybe a reflection of our larger culture? Mmm. Quite possibly, considering that... You know, I think it delves into some of the taboo natures that people don't want to, you know, maybe it's admit like to themselves. the one way, the one place where you can really be your... Where you can let your freak flag fly. Or be your most racist self, that was... as happens frequently yeah. in porn. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I just, it, I think wherever you come from it. For like any of these arguments that you use for anti-porn, you can argue that, well, yes, porn might not help any of these things. The real issue is actually the way that we as a culture focus on sex or the taboo nature of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, to have sex education i'm not talking about like you know healthy like things that people would like to see incorporated like talking about healthy sexual relationships and i'm talking about just the pure science of what a body does Mm -hmm. when focusing on reproductive organs yeah to have that's a fight just to have that to have that taught in schools which some people and some of that is like oh well the parents should teach it well you know I don't know if I want every single parent that I've met teaching it god and and I think it's also um, and what happens when you have let's say you live in an area where your legislators and whoever else could make these decisions does not support any sort of comprehensive sex ed. Oh, you and mean us? Also... You mean the state we live in? Yeah, like us, <laughs> which is like most states, la, it la, seems, la, la. unfortunately. Um, every state I've lived in for my whole life, except for the one I was born in? Yep, yeah, sure. Um, mean, uh, wait, and California. And California, yeah, was... yeah. You don't want comprehensive sex ed, yet you also are not going to stop any of these, like, middle schoolers from watching porn online. Like, where do you think they're going to learn about sex? From Jesus. Yeah, of course. (laughs) They're going to go to the triplexchurch.com and Jesus is going to tell them that he loves porn stars. And they'll be like, well, Jesus loves porn stars. I guess I should too. And then their next stop is Pornhub. Wow. Logical, right? I think it is. (laughs) Let us know... In your reviews, 
that you're that you have to leave because we want your feedback. We're we begging have, you. We, I'm not gonna beg. I am. Tell me how much you hate it when I sing in my opera voice. Tell me right now. On a more serious note, please rate and review us. But in your reviews, feel free to let us know what you think about anti-porn activism and how and how to fix our culture's view on sex. Yeah, how you fix it, dude? How you fix it? We want to hear from you, the people. Also, any if you have anything that you would like us to discuss, let us know cuz we're cuz we have ideas. But if you come up with I a better one, I made a suggestion one, box and I'm holding it right here. And if you send us yeah. a suggestion, We'll throw it in the box. And I'll we'll put it in it the out. box. Because we See have if... ideas, but we'll gladly take it's yours. Hey, Adrian, where can the good people find us? We're at, at After Adult on Instagram. Uh-huh. And you can go to afteradult.com. Awesome. And all the other links are there. And but, you know, if you want to just, like, search the podcast on your podcast app, we're also on SoundCloud and Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much Thanks. for listening. And I hope you have an amazing day. I hope you don't get any tears in your butt. Tears in your butt. Tears in your butt. Bye. Tears in your butt. (laughs) I'm the worst person.